0: and thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to policing matters the police one podcast i'm doug wiley hey this is jim dudley jim at the time of this recording it's the middle of november uh 2018 the death toll in the uh so-called campfire uh, it's called the campfire because of a stream near located near where the fires originated not because of a quote campfire at a camp um i've heard people make that mistake so gee, we, we laugh but uh we know this from california um the death toll is presently at 42, I believe, right now. Uh, that number is expected to rise as coroners, uh, police officers, people with uh, cadaver dogs. Um, they're continuing to search the rubble. Um, the entire town of Paradise, um, a town with which I'm very familiar, my wife is from the neighboring town, um, it is utterly destroyed, completely all lost. And I think about 50,000 people left homeless, mm-hmm. which is a staggering, shocking number. Um, Among those, by the way, who have lost their possessions, their homes and what have you Are also police officers and firefighters who live in that area And are actually out still fighting those fires um, Protecting lives, helping to save people from the flames And hopefully contain this awful, awful fire This is just one of many forest fires and wildfires that California has endured over the last Five or six years of however long we've had this, you know, drought, um, it, it it is an indicator, again, a reminder of how important it is for law enforcement, all of first responders, to be able to work in concert together. Um, and I want to ask you. I have a few thoughts on some of the things that I've seen uh, that help ensure that that cooperation is seamless. Uh, but what are some of the things that you, when you were you know, deputy chief or even when you were back on patrol 150 years ago, <laughs> uh, you know, you you did to prepare for big time natural disasters?
1: Right, right. And I think it comes down to uh, ICS, the Incident Command System. It comes down to FEMA training. It comes down to training not only with your your own team members, but your opposite number with fire and public health, and public work, and your state agencies, and uh, getting communications down to a a fine-tuned machine where you know who to call at the drop of a hat, you know how to set up your incident command, how you line up your operations, your plans, your logistics, your admin finance. And, and then you run with the the incident. And I mean, we're talking about the California fires, but same thing can be applied to tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and all of those things. That's so in my notes. That's, that's exactly the, what I was going to say. That's the greatest yeah. part of interoperability with, with these trainings. And and I think I've mentioned it on the show a few times that Teeks is just such an awesome proving ground and training ground to get together with your your local agencies to go there in an environment where you're free of distractions of your regular uh, duties Mm -hmm. to concentrate on incident command. And they run you through these scenarios of decision-making where you've got to weigh all the things uh, before you take action. And sometimes you take action and it's wrong, but nobody's hurt, nobody's killed. Do You send a team into a building that's collapsing under earthquake, fire, flood, what have you, To rescue another team well if you do then you might have instead of six down you might have 12 down so those are decisions that you can make in a training environment where nobody gets hurt great things to do Uh, law enforcement may be asked to do force protection maybe even some fire suppression evacuations um look for looters arrest looters um You've got to have. You've got to know the incident action plan. You've got to know what your mission is, and that should be clear to everybody within your command uh, or under your command. Uh, I, I stress the importance of your PPE, your protective gear, uh, even in a quote suppressed fire environment. That all your people should have heavy duty gloves, heavy duty boots, and at a minimum an N95. A NIOSH approved mask yeah. for the, the particulate matter and it, without it uh, and you know you might get some, some macho cops who figure hey we don't need this kind of protection it's only smoke but you may not understand the negative consequences until months or years, years later, after the I mean, fact. The, right? the
0: particulate matter you know you don't know what burned up there. Right. You know you don't know how many it's it. it it's a giant tire fire and so you just don't know what kind of toxins might be contained in what appears to be just kind of annoying yellow smoke. Right. And,
1: and the same goes with, you know, something like Katrina where you are walking in knee deep water that, you know, people are dying in and, and chemicals are burning in. And, and again, you may not know the ill effects until weeks or months or maybe years after the fact. So, uh, know your opposite number, know the plan, train, Play like you practice and practice like you play. Yeah. Uh,
0: You know, anyone who's listened to the podcast or read anything that I've written over the last 10 years knows that I'm a huge fan of uh, Urban Shield. Uh, You mentioned Teeks. Uh, Urban Shield, to me, uh, for years I was trying to tell people, look, it's not just a SWAT exercise. Yes, there are SWAT teams that come in from all over the place. They compete to win. They run for 48 straight hours. It's incredibly strenuous, but it also is very good at... Inoculating your body of when you have to do that for real when it's the real deal, um, but you know, increasingly over the years, you've seen myriad more exercises involving fire EMS. Um, you know where police are taking EMS and fire people into a hot zone, what we would call a hot zone, not what mm-hmm. they would call a hot zone, <laughs> right? And so that kind of training that can be replicated on a smaller scale. You don't have to send everybody to Urban Shield. You can do that on your own. You could call. One, two, three agencies around where you're at, make an action plan, figure out what type of disaster you're going to, quote, respond to. And then the other thing I was thinking is that, you know, what law enforcement sometimes is asked to do is make sure that those um, uh, mandatory evacuations are enforced and also that the looting, as you pointed out, um, is kept to a minimum. Uh, One of the other things that they're sometimes asked to do is to make sure that... um, that the 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 safe zone the, the places that are not burning the, the places make sure that they don't get um robbed or you know any kind of that, that sort of thing so you, you have a, a significant amount of stuff that you're doing just as a law enforcement agency but you also need to be able to work with firefighters and emts doing the evacuations of people who are injured uh, you know maybe even as you would said potentially fighting some of the fire the fire
1: right and if if you end up if you find yourself in an uh, otherwise unknown or unfamiliar geographical area responding as mutual aid. Uh, you may be asked to do the other law enforcement um, routine, if you will, uh, law enforcement duties, answering calls for service, taking mm-hmm. police reports in unaffected areas while the locals help with the local fire department. So you may be asked to do ancillary uh, law enforcement duties while the, the people who know the terrain um, handle the stuff in the warm or hot zone so you don't go, end up in a parallel situation going where out. you
0: don't know where you're at
1: you don't know where you're at right. the smoke gets I mean we've, we've seen the video of the smoke so thick you can't see literally 15 feet in front of your radio car you end up in a, in a dead end and, and we've and seen surrounded by fire surround, we've seen people and, and seen the reports uh, on, on the television news of people burned alive in their cars trying to get out
0: yeah yeah. it's uh, And the, the final point I want to make is that, and you would made it as well, is that this fire is one of those things that reminds us to, that this kind of thing can happen anywhere. Um, and it isn't just fire. It's uh, last year, the end of your article, I, I think I wrote, a, it was called a, Come Hell or High Water. Flooding is just as bad. Um, it, you're, we're here in California, earthquakes can happen. Um, I was just in Hawaii, where volcanoes occasionally go off, or uh, Washington State, we've got a couple. So it's important to make sure that you've got the business card and the phone number of all of the people that you're going to need to talk with in agencies around your area, not just your firefighters and EMTs in your town, but people who might come and help in mutual aid situations. Um, it, the worst time to try to it, it, to, to, to meet someone is the, the first time that uh, you meet at a natural disaster. You need to be able to have that relationship and those phone numbers handy well in advance, right?
1: Capabilities, all of that. Know, know your, the other field general before you get on the field.
0: Yeah. Um, are you prepared? Are you preparing? What are you doing to ensure that in the event of a natural disaster or large-scale catastrophe in your area, uh, that you are working well with uh, all of the other participants in uh, the response, send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. Thanks again for listening.